Let me say thank you for coming this morning to worship with us, for those of us who are visitors and uh, friends and those who have been away, like my friend here, Max, you're welcome back. Um, today I want, to talk, I want us to talk about kindness. Today I want us to talk about kindness. For those that have been away and those that are visiting, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. And if you were there last Sunday, I was talking about, I mean, if you missed last Sunday, I was talking about goodness. Goodness. And today we want to look at the word kindness. You know, the things you can't describe unless you do it. I've seen people vote for things. Like if you are to vote for a kind person, what would you vote for? If you have said, you want to vote for the kind person in Karang Baptist Church, you know, what are the things you'll be looking for that you want to vote for? Yesterday I was, uh, I was reading through this message and just to, to, to have a look. And, and someone rang me. And, and I thought that was a big test for me. Some would rang and told me that they don't have food. Just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a big test for me yesterday. I won't tell you how we ended up that conversation, but I thought that was a bit <laughs> spot on. That I don't have food. But I was thinking about the war between the Israel And the Palestines. And this war, to some extent, has come around us. And I want you to imagine that you're a Jew and you've met this Palestinian person lying on the roadside, hot. And they're asking for your kindness. Or they may not even ask because they fear that you're from the other society or community. And you need to help them. What would you do? Because I found it's always easy to help people that you know. People that you love. People that you think about. But it's always always tough to offer kindness to somebody that either hurt you, somebody you don't like, somebody that you wish they died or not alive. Today I want to look at the story of Mephibosheth and David. But I'm always challenged whenever I read the story of Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth and David because these guys demonstrated something that most of us cannot do. 
So as you look at the, the fruit of the Spirit in love, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want us to think about kindness today and ask yourself, how does kindness look like in my journey of faith? Talking about goodness last week, I said that goodness is an internal quality that we develop through our relationship with God. And the more we draw closer to God and His power, the more we become better. What do I mean by that? There's no way, unless you tell me it's a miracle, that if you want to be a very, very successful business person, that you don't spend your time with the people that have been successful in business. Or if you're a teacher and you don't find time to spend, you don't have time to spend with some of the most successful teachers around us. Because I've realized, even in my own journey, as a pastor, I have, I have to take time and spend time with some of the pastors that are ahead of me. Some of the most successful speakers and pastors in the church to help me to be whatever I need to be. And for us as, as Christians, in our spiritual journey, in our Christianity, the most successful person, the only person we can look up to is Jesus Christ. The more we spend time with him, the more we, we hang around Jesus. Because he's the only guy, like I said last Sunday, that we can say that this is a good person. That our goodness can develop, our goodness can grow to be where he wants us to be. So goodness encompasses moral excellence, honesty, and righteousness. But kindness, on the other hand, is an outward expression of goodness. The practical ways in which we love and relate with the people. It's always hard to know how patient kind you can be unless you get a very, very impatient person. A very, very unkind person. It's like you're having this neighbor that plays loud music every time that you can't even sleep. Or you have this person in the train and you've even chosen a silent <laughs> place. But there are those people that will come with their phone and they're trying to play YouTube stuff next to you. And you have to be kind to this person. I was thinking about Jonah. 
that God is encouraging Jonah to extend the kindness, his love to people that Jonah did not even like, people that Jonah hated. And for most of us, you would do what Jonah did. I mean, I would, I would give excuses not to go to places I know that I can't and I don't want to go, which Jonah did. But I thank God for his grace and his love for us, his kindness that is inviting us. Think of the prodigal son that watching his brother coming in, instead of being kind to his brother, he's angry. His brother is angry. Think of the lady with the perfume that has been redeemed, that walks towards Jesus with this expensive perfume and just anoints the feet of Jesus Christ. And even the disciples, some of them, are complaining that that perfume should have been sold and the money given to the poor people. Because they are not seeing the kindness. They're seeing something else. But thank God we serve a God that does not look at the motive that you're doing. He looks at the heart. He looks at the heart more than the motive. In the Bible, we have people like Abraham who showed great hospitality to three strangers who visited, who visited him. He welcomed them to his house and offered them food, drinks, and a place to rest. How many of us can do that in this generation? I mean, there are very few people we, you can trust now. Live alone welcoming strangers to your own house to offer them accommodation in your own house. But Abraham did it for God. You look at the book of Luke chapter In the book of Luke chapter 10, we have the story of a good Samaritan, I mentioned about it earlier, who helped a man who, had, who was r- robbed and left for dead along the road. But this Samaritan, because of kindness, steps up and does something that most people will not do in their community to this stranger. Along the road. Forget he forgets his own roster structure. Busy day. And sets time aside. And goes to the place where this man can find help. And leaves money to pay for that. I mean I've not been to Israel. But people that have gone to Israel will tell you that that road alone. It's a tough road. And uh, Dick, you can agree with that. You've been to that road, Dick? <laughs> Dick is, some people have been to that road. I haven't been myself. But I'm thinking of the ancient days before this guy saw it. Probably been tarmacked now. We've seen Jesus in the Bible. 
healing people and feeding the hungry before even tell them to sit down and listen for his teaching. But today, one of the best examples from the Old Testament accounts of this kindness is the story of David and Mephidosheth. David had made a promise to his best friend, Jonathan, that he would show kindness to his family should anything happen to him. These are enemies to some extent. For most of us who've read the scripture that Saul, the father of Jonathan, is trying to kill David. But David still makes a commitment. David still makes a covenant with Jonathan that whatever happens, that one day, that I offer kindness to you. So if you, your, if, you, if you brought your Bible, I want us to quickly look at this story in Second Samuel chapter 9. It's a short story, so we are going to read it in quickly. Second Samuel 9, 1 to 13. It says that now... David said, is there anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, At your service. Then the king said, Is there no seal someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who, who, is, who is lame, in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is in the house of Machira, the son of Amenia, in Lodibar. Then the king told the king David sent and brought him out of the house of Machiria, the son of Amir, from Lodiba. Now, if you look at the dictionary, this is one of the places that was so remote that nothing was growing in this particular place. And this young man with a nurse, as you are running, they wanted to be the place where they would not be discovered. Because he knew that if all the siblings had been killed, he knew what was awaiting for him. 
So he made sure that he went to a place. If you look at probably today, there'd be no network for you to even make a phone call. No proper roads. No food growing there. It's a place where you, didn't, you wouldn't even imagine that people are living. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face, prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, here is your servant. But I want you to imagine this is not an easy place. I want you to picture in your eyes, this is the new king that wants to consolidate his power. You've been living as a fugitive, hiding. Even I was imagining that when Ziba walked into that place and was knocking the door, this man was even already shaking because the king is asking him to go. The king has asked this young man to appear before him. Now, the only thing that Mephibosheth would think about that his destination has arrived. His death has arrived. So this guy is shaking. This man is frightened. This guy is scared walks before the king and goes down to the floor completely begging for forgiveness. And that's what it says from verse 6 that now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrate himself, then said, and then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, here is your servant. So David said to him, do not fear. Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness. For Jonathan, your father's sake, for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed down himself and said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? This is one guy had reduced himself as a dog. A man was born in a royal family a man was surrounded with royalty, with plenty of things as a kid. Now he's, in a, he's in, living in a place where there's nothing. He's living in a place where he was a nobody. He's living in a place where he's hiding and probably changed his name. Now he's in the presence of a king who had every reason to kill him. 
to execute him, to finish him. But he's offering kindness to him. He's saying, today, you'll be eating at my table. And the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belong to Saul, all that belong to Saul and all his house. You therefore and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him. And you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. And this is what the heart of kindness does. That this guy that has been living isolated life, this guy has been living a rejected life, now is in the presence of the king and things are being prepared for him. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. Now the last bit there. After Mephibosheth said the king that he shall eat, as for Mephibosheth said the king, he shall eat my t- at my table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who dwell in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both of his feet. What do we learn from this story? Most of us know Jonathan had a son who was lame his, in both feet. And when his nurse received the sad news about his, the death of Saul, the grandfather, and Jonathan, his, his father, had died, his nurse picked him up and fled. But as she hurried, it, she hurried to leave, he fell and became disabled. And that's where we find this guy went to hiding, as I mentioned earlier. But because he was afraid that David would kill him, because he was afraid David would kill him in those days, it was common for a new king to kill the rest of the other royal family so that there was no other challenger to the throne. David went for Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son, so that he could show him kindness. We could show the kindness of God to him. I want you to mark this difference, the kindness of God. You know, we all have some form of kindness, but there's a big difference when the kindness of God is working in our lives. 
And that's why I'm talking about the fruit of the spirit that offers us a kindness that flows only from God. Because with this kind of kindness, it calls us to places where we can't even offer our own natural kindness. It takes us to places where our own kindness cannot even function. It helps us to function in places and to relate with people that cannot be even given kindness. People that you, you watch and you wonder, why did the judge offer mass to this kind of person? Why can't the community allow this person to live in this community? Why, can't, why does this person live in this home? Why does this person... You have questions because of the natural flesh in us that is angry, that is frustrated, that is bitter for revenge. But the kindness of God that lives in us is begging. It can see this person that can change if the fruit can start to grow into them. And when Mephibosheth came to David, he was expecting to be killed. And he fell on his face and paid homage to him. David responded and said, do not fear. For I will show you kindness for the sake of your father's Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the land, not just some of it, all the land of Saul, your father. And you shall eat at my table always. You shall eat at my table always. So I've just quickly put a few things there that we can learn from this story. That how can we as a church, as people, as individuals, be able to cultivate for those of us who are already living this spirit, this gift, or even for those of us who are yet to achieve this, activate this kind of thing. And the first thing I put there, we need to serve others. I'm always grateful to see people that are willing to serve, not only for church, but for our community, for the society. Because serving can happen in so many ways. I've said it for example here. You know, when we pray for each other, we are serving. When, when I pray for you or you pray for me, you're serving me. You are helping me. You, you, you are supporting me. You may not necessarily be there physically, but you are praying for me. I've asked people, ask me, how can I show kindness to you? How can I support you? How can I help you? You can pray. We cannot be in Israel. We cannot be with the Palestinians, but we can pray for those people. We cannot be in places where there's war, in Somali, in Africa, in other places where people are fighting, in Haiti where people are fighting, but we can pray for them. We can offer our kindness to them through prayer as we pray for those people. We, cannot, we may not be able to visit people in hospitals. We may not be able to visit people in prison, but we can pray for them as our kindness. The Bible says here in Ephesians 6, 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. 
Keep praying for the Lord's people. When you share and give those to those in need, we are serving others. Hebrews 13, 2, verse 2 and verse 16, he says that do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Verse 16, and do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. As a number one, we can pray as we serve people. But also we can share. We can share what we have. We can share. The other thing I want us to talk about is we can encourage others. We can encourage others. The First Thessalonians 5.11 says that therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in in fact, you are doing already. Keep on encouraging. Keep on encouraging one another. There are people that are finding it hard in life. There are people that are struggling. There are people that are, are saying, I've had enough. There are people are saying that this is too much for me. Words of encouragement. Words of encouragement can help. You may feel that probably you've not offered anything, but your presence with that person, being there for that person, journeying with that person is an encouragement. You're offering your kindness by using your presence. The other bit I moved there when we, we share the gospel of Christ. Psalm 96 3 says, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. Friends, we are people that are lost. We are people that have been crippled by sin. We are people that have been blinded, that they cannot understand and see things. That we have people that have never even heard about the gospel of Christ. That your encouragement, you're sharing, you're reaching out, you're offering your kindness to that particular person. That as Christians, God has given us opportunities. It could be at your place of work. It could be on a train. It could be on a plane. It could be on the road. It could be on the supermarket. That you have an opportunity to encourage somebody, but also to share the message of the Christ. To share the message of Christ. Because the desire for Christ is of a kindness to everybody. But Paul says, how can they hear? How can they hear if nobody is talking to them about it? How can they even know if you're not sharing with them? So you're sharing the gospel, you're teaching, you're sharing of the scriptures. It's also encouraging somebody with the acts of kindness. And this is the hardest part when we forgive. Forgiveness is not easy. Paul says that 
get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. There's no way you can show somebody kindness if you hate them. <laughs> if you carry bitterness in you, if you have issues with me, there's no way you show me kindness. You'll be, you'll be struggling to offer me kindness. The people that you don't like, the people you wish they never existed, the people you wish that you never met them because you don't even know how to face them on the road, God is saying, get, get, get rid of it. That for us as a church, for us as individuals to offer kindness to one another, we have to get rid of stuff. Because these things, as we said in Galatians 5.19, these are the works of the flesh, anger, bitterness. And those are the challenges that are coming from the works of the flesh because the fruit of the spirit it's giving us something else that we need to offer to people. David had every opportunity to get revenge with Mephibosheth. Sorry, but David chose kindness. David chose kindness. In this story, David represents the picture of Christ. And Mephibosheth represents us. Church, we are sinners, unable to walk like this young man. But Jesus is inviting us on the table. He already invited you and I on this particular table. All of us, like Paul says, we are fallen short of God's glory in Romans 3.23. That none of us could reach a standard. We were crippled. We were crushed. We were unable to walk. But it's God's grace and kindness that lifted us from there to come and sit on the table. And my message today, you and I have a choice. Like this young man. Mephibosheth had a choice. Mephibosheth had a choice to choose to go to the table and eat with the king or to walk away. And tonight, today, we have a choice to receive God's kindness and, and offer to other people. Or you can say you don't need it. As Kirsty comes back, I want you to, to stand where you're seated, if you're able to stand. And the worship team can come back. I want us to think about yourself. Are you in a place that you're able to offer kindness? The story of Mephibosheth is a reminder to us that sin 
had crippled us, that we are weak and broken, but yet God through his own kindness offers us a place on his table. Or maybe like Mephibosheth, you've been waiting for such a time to receive that kindness. Or maybe you know somebody that needs that kindness from you, but you've never offered it to them. I want you to think about your own journey. There are how many times you've received kindness, not only from Christ, but from friends. But how many people have I offered kindness? It could be through prayer, encouragement. It could be through outreach, witnessing. It could be through giving. How many of us, how many people have I offered kindness? People that have people that have been wanting to destroy me, people that have been wanting to to finish me, but you offered kindness to them. Let's stand on our feet as we worship. Father, thank you. Lord, I thank you and I pray for your forgiveness. I pray, God, that you help us because if you saw us were broken, if you saw us were lost, if you saw us were crippled in sin, but you extended your hand of kindness and gave it to us, I pray, God, that may you help us to offer the same to people that we, we meet every day. May you help us to offer the same to people that we serve. May you help us to offer the same to people we don't even like. And I pray for those that have never accepted your kindness today. I pray, God, that may you help them to receive that kindness. Help them to receive that kindness. Like Mephibosheth. I pray for each and every person today, especially those that are carrying brokenness. Those who are carrying Bitterness. I pray, God, may you help us to get rid of that so that we can be able to give kindness that is very unconditional to our neighbors, our friends, our colleagues, and other people. May you help us to be in that place, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.